Welcome to FedScoop's technology podcast series on IT and government, brought to you today by VMware. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in today's episode, we'll explore how government agencies could reduce IT friction and boost workforce productivity by adopting derived credentials on their mobile devices that government workers use every day for work. My guest today is Eugene Lederman, Director of Product Management for VMware. Eugene has served as an engineer, a cybersecurity architect, and a CTO in the public sector space for a number of companies like Good Technology and Motorola before joining VMware, and has also worked in the public sector. Eugene, welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. So let's start with some interesting new facts. A new FedScoop study released July 13th suggests that federal government workforce could see a meaningful boost in productivity if we could simply reduce the IT friction that government employees experiencing using their devices. Among other findings, the study found that government IT users report 25 to 33 percent more friction than their industry counterparts using smartphones and tablets for work. And a lot of that stemmed from the difficulty they said they encountered just by logging in and getting access to or using the apps that they need for work. And that leads us to the use of access credentialing and the debate over derived credentials and the more prevalent use of government-issued common access cards or smart cards to access government IT networks. So, Eugene, I'd like to start by uh, asking a couple things. One is there are some misconceptions in the marketplace about derived credentials and how they work. Uh, Explain for our listeners what derived credentials are and are not and how they differ from what government agencies do today with common access cards. And while we're at it, uh, what are some of the common misperceptions that you see in government regarding derived credentials? That's a really good question, Wyatt. And if I take it a step back, and if you look at how the federal government has this, I don't want to say persona, but people assume that the federal government, obviously, it's very security conscious, which is true. And a lot of people think that when security ends up being really high, the user experience ends up being really low. So think of it as like a teeter-totter, right? So security, once it's high, the user experience gets low. And so derived credentials is like a really interesting paradigm shift for the federal government because it's a balancing act between security and usability, where it's something that's meant to alleviate the use of carrying a physical smart card, which doesn't really work too well with mobile devices, but still provide a high level of security and multi-factor authentication using that derived credential. What's interesting about the term derived credentials um, it's actually a very misleading term. You know, from the inception when people started talking about it, um, everybody assumes that it's derived from a card somehow. Like it's actually physically derived from a smart card and the certificates that are on the smart card, like a common access card. And, and the reality is it's not. NIST actually refers to it as an alternative token. So it's really a brand new certificate. And the piece that's really quote unquote derived is the way you issue that credential is by first uh, proving your existing identity with your existing smart card. So it's something that every user has to do one time. They go into a self-service portal on their desktop, insert their smart card, validate themselves, and then they'll be able to get a derived credential issued to their mobile device and they can use that. The other thing about derived credentials is that it's not misleading, but it's, it's more about just we're still very early on in this space is this special publication 800-157 is the blueprint for derived credentials. But the initial version was very broad, and it was done on purpose because it's still a very new technology or approach. And so there's a lot of misinterpretations on what a derived credential can be used for and how it should be used. So one example of that is the guidelines kind of stipulate but don't imply that you should use a single derived credential per device, meaning that if I'm a user and I have two phones or a phone and a tablet, I need to get a derived credential for each device that's unique. I've heard of some people misinterpreting that and thinking you can have one derived credential and I can apply that to both devices, and, and that's not the case. So I know that NIST is working on updating some of that. And you know, again, we're early on, so I think the more agencies adopt, the better lessons learned we'll have and the more detailed it's going to get in the future. 
Well, terrific, and that makes a lot of sense, too. You know, I mentioned earlier that FedScoop's recent research study had highlighted the degree of IT friction that government workers encounter at work. Tell us, how can derived credentials reduce that friction to improve productivity, and what are some of the other benefits of moving to derived credentials, especially in terms of improving security or potentially lowering IT operating costs? Yes, it really goes back to that tug of war between security and usability. So imagine as a user, you know, on a laptop or desktop where you're stationary, you're not moving around, inserting a smart card is not cumbersome. On a mobile device, you know, there's some sacrifices you're going to have to make. So if you have to use a smart card on a mobile device, you have to carry a reader. Obviously, that's, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb, and you basically have to plug in the card every time, and you're limited on what apps can actually take advantage of that smart card. So you know that becomes a hindrance in terms of what you can do on a mobile device. It's fairly limited, and then it becomes very expensive because these readers aren't cheap. A lot of these readers are form factor, meaning that they're cases. Well, smartphones get updated once a year at this point. Every 12 months, there's a new phone coming out, a new model rather for every manufacturer. So it's hard to keep up with that. You know, you're limited on choice then at that point. You stick out like a sore thumb, and then it's expensive. Derived credentials removes the need for that physical hardware. So you reduce your cost on the readers. You've reduced the complexity because the derived credential could be used a little bit more ubiquitously on the phone, whether it's for native things like profiles and native apps or third-party apps or even apps that people want to download from the app store. So it kind of opens it up because it's a much more simplified approach, but at the same time, it still maintains a pretty good security posture. I think what we'll see is as derived credentials become more prevalent within the federal agencies, you'll start seeing that the user experience factor is going to go up drastically for end users, and they're going to feel much more productive because they're going to be enabled to do much more than they were in the past. Well, it certainly sounds like derived credentials make a lot of sense. What are questions that agencies ought to ask themselves when considering the move to derived credentials to get there? What would you advise them in terms of moving towards derived credentials and potentially away from smart cards? So that's another great question. We talk to 50 different customers uh, around derived credentials across all verticals. And first question I always ask them is, you know, where do you want to get your derived credential from? A lot of federal agencies, they want to get a credential that's issued off the federal bridge so it's trusted by everybody. You know, in that case, I will lead them down a path of saying, hey, you know, there's a couple vendors that we work with that can issue certs off the federal bridge. Therefore, here's your scenario. The other option they have is maybe they have an internal certificate authority that they use for internal access. So it's a limited scope. And if they're willing to use that, then, you know, we can provide them down a different path and say, we have a solution for you there too, without requiring any third-party components. So that's the first question I always ask, because depending on how ambitious they are, and, and usually what we've run into some customers have their mindset and they want to use a cert that's issued from the federal bridge or chained off the federal bridge. Other agencies are a little bit more kind of crawl, walk, run, and, and they, they want to move to derived credentials and maybe do a limited scope of what they're using that derived credential for, like email access or internal websites, for example, and they're okay with using their own certificate authority to derive that credential. Second question I always ask people is, what do you actually want to use the derived credential for? Because you know, that also kind of impacts the scope of what they want to do and how ambitious they want to get to. Because if they want to do, you know, for example, native mail, browser, Wi-Fi, you know, that's one path. If they want to use it for their own app, they want to actually build their own line of business apps that can leverage derived credentials, that obviously is something different that they can do, and that will take a little bit more effort on their part, right? And a lot of agencies, what I find is for the latter is they start off with something small like email or web browsing, and then they say, okay, maybe once we've accomplished that, maybe the next phase is how can we integrate this with our overall single sign-on solution with the you know, identity provider of choice that we have. Can we leverage this for access to cloud systems? Can we leverage this for third-party applications? I've talked to quite a few federal agencies that, for example, use Concur for booking travel. right? And so the question always comes up next is, well, now that we've solved the 
the immediate use case of mail browsing or whatever, how do we use it with Concur and something else? So you know, based on this criteria, I think as long as customers know that they can pace themselves and start with something limited and move on, I think a lot of them have had smooth adoption thus far. Well, let me just follow on that because you raised a good point about single sign-on. So just because you have derived credentials doesn't automatically mean that you have instant access to all the related apps. I presume you still have to take some additional steps in order to achieve the equivalent of a single sign-on. Is that correct? It really depends. Again, it goes back to the use case. So if they're looking at just doing single sign-on for email access, web browsing, file access, and the basic things, they wouldn't need to think about integrating with an identity provider in that case because most of these systems already support certificate-based authentication in the government. But if they're looking to do more than that, and especially uh, as a lot of federal agencies have embraced more of this hybrid model where they have on-prem resources and maybe they use Office 365, so they have email and SharePoint and OneDrive in the cloud or using Concur or some agencies might even be using Salesforce, in those cases, you definitely want an identity provider because a lot of these cloud-based solutions don't support the traditional certificate-based authentication, but they do support modern auth standards like SAML and OAuth, and the derived credential could be a good bridge between the two because you can use the derived credential to authenticate to the IDP and in turn get an OAuth token, which can be used by the app to authenticate to that cloud backend system. Well, and lastly, I'd like to explore a little bit about what we see as a number of agencies considering adopting a wider use of multi-factor authentication in the near future, if not already. How do you see derived credentials facilitating multi-factor identification and maybe playing a larger role in identity and access management? Yeah, that's another really good question. So I think it was in 2014, uh, Terry Halverson, the DOD CIO at the time, had talked about moving away from smart cards. And a lot of people you know, immediately said, well, by the way, the other thing he said was not only is he going to get rid of smart cards, but they're going to move to 10 factors. And you know, everybody kind of freaks out and says, well, how can you get 10 factors, right? And people look at their fingers and say, like, I have 10 fingers. Is that 10 factors? Should I add my toes to that? And the reality is that you know, everything becomes a factor in some way, right? So I think derived credentials is a factor. Now a derived credential with a pin prompt or a passcode, now you have something you know and something you have. So technically, that's two factors. And then you start looking at other potential things that could be used as factors, whether it's your location, the security posture of your device, the version of the OS you're on, maybe whether you're on a local Wi-Fi network within a building versus public Wi-Fi. So these are all factors. And so what is going to start you know, happening is at some point, these factors start getting put together into a potential risk score. And once that score comes about, then you start looking at, well, should I give somebody more access to data or less access to data depending on that potential risk score? And then the same goes for the inverse of that, which is in order to get that level of access, should I prompt them for more factors? And some of these could be transparent to the user in the sense that you know, it could just be looking at their location as an additional factor. Or it could be the example of maybe if you're in a building, all you need to do is have that derived credential. The minute you step out of the building because your location now has changed or you're not on that Wi-Fi network anymore, maybe now you get prompts for the same level of data you just had in the building, if you want to access that data, you would get prompted for a PIN or maybe uh, biometrics or maybe you get asked a challenge question that you have to answer. So you know, there's lots of factors out there. The real value is going to be starting to dynamically take advantage of these factors to step up and step down your authentication and level of access control, but still making it usable for the end user. Well, great. Just in closing, it certainly seems like there's a strong case for derived credentials. Is there any sense for why government hasn't moved faster, and what would be your recommendation to help them get started faster? 
Yeah, so I think a lot of agencies are making progress. I just don't think anybody's really publicized it. But I do think that if a lot of these agencies just took a crawl, walk, run approach, meaning that they, they start off with something small that's doable in their environment and then try to be more ambitious about how to use that derived credential for everything. And then the other thing is just understanding what it is that they actually want to get out of it up front in terms of did they want to use it on mobile devices only. A lot of agencies have started looking at derived credentials for laptops and desktops, which I would think is not as big of a priority since those already work with smart cards and smart card readers out of the box. So it's really thinking about what their scope is. And then the other piece of it is identifying what they actually want to achieve in terms of compliance. And do they want to chain off the federal bridge? Are they okay with using their own internal certificate authority? Because these also have implications on how fast they can get moving, right? Do you need additional infrastructure or not? One thing that's going to really help is obviously NIST with their derived HIF credential building block that they have. So they're putting a lot of vendors together and publishing some of the stuff that's happening there. And I think the more collaborative efforts that we have at industry events talking about success stories with derived credentials and, and you know, the various use cases that are being solved, sharing that is also going to be very helpful. And I don't think that has started to, uh, to trickle down yet. Well, really appreciate your putting that in perspective for us and wish we could chat more, but I'm afraid that's all we have time for today. Eugene, thank you for joining us today. also want to thank the folks at VMware for making today's episode possible. Certainly a lot of potential and things to watch with derived credentials and just making government workforce more productive and making their IT transactions more secure. So thanks for being with us. Let's look for more of our coverage on FedScoop's newly released report on government workforce productivity at fedscoop.com. This is Wyatt K. Your host, thanks for tuning in.